coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. I've, current, I've been the CEO of Glaucoma Australia, which is an eye health charity for the last five, four years, four and a half years, and I absolutely love it. And so I've got this crazy journey. And in there, I also set up my own consulting business because women used to start go, Annie, how on earth did you do that? How, you know, how do you make it look fun? How are you still smiling? How do you, how did you say, you know, get through all the naysayers? Because I've had a zillion naysayers. And that's what I want to kind of just be- stop. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We, we like, like to have, have fun, fun too. <laughs> so let's, let's get, get on, on with the show. show. Hi, Annie. How are you doing? I am so well, Dr. Isabel. Great to catch up with you again today. Oh, please call me Isabel, not <laughs> Dr. <laughs> love the doctor bit you know who doesn't love a doctor across the ditch you know as your friend love it well do you want me to call you nurse nurse annie Uh, (laughs) so tell me how are you doing in australia Oh, look, we look, I think we're doing very well. Our government has certainly managed COVID to a incredible high value on health, which is amazing. Health definitely does rule in Australia over economy. Uh, And so I'm in Sydney, Australia, and after like 100 days of lockdown, we got released yesterday. It's like, (laughs) so we're all like pretty supercharged. And it's just so funny. What do you do when you're just released, right? People do funny different things. Some people have been inside so long, they're like, I'm not too sure if I can go out yet. And then there's other people who have been queuing for like two hours just to go to Kmart. Like, who wants to go to Kmart? Everyone's had that opportunity to buy whatever they want online. So it's a really interesting psychology of what would you do when you're first released? You know, yeah, it's like a bird being released from the cage. Like, how far can I fly? You know, where will I go? I don't know. Uh, but the serious thing is, you know, obviously, just you know, the tragedy that has been has been the effect of COVID and, yes. and so many lives lost and 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 yeah. But we're now up to we're heading towards eighty percent vax. So we've really sprung into gear now, and, and I think we'll feel a lot more comfortable moving forward so yes yes and here in New Zealand the goal is 95 percent vax so incredible she, she's got big goals <laughs> big she goals you must, must have big goals and a big stick <laughs> you said it I didn't <laughs> you're so funny all right well listen how about if I introduce you to our listeners is that okay Annie oh I'd love to meet your listeners because <laughs> I don't want to forget to do that hi everyone I'm Dr. Isabel your host here at MD and Chef Team and I want to introduce to you Annie Gibbons she is an amazing woman she is such an overcomer and I'm just going to share a little bit about her and then we're just going to open up and I'll just ask her a lot of questions and she will definitely serve and add value to your life and make you smile 
and make your heart super happy. It'll be dancing. <laughs> okay. Annie Gibbons is a passionate dog. <laughs> Very passionate and purpose-driven fempreneur. I'm going to start using that. I'm a fempreneur, not an entrepreneur. I'm a fempreneur. Yeah. A CEO, global women's empowerment coach, podcast host, speaker, and number one best-selling author. Her many professional accolades gained over 30 years forge across health, education, corporate, NFP. What is NFP? Not-for-profit. Great. NFP and charity sectors drives her to inspire and empower women across the globe to achieve success in business and life. Women from around the world are invited to access Annie's wisdom gained through decades of applying and probably a lot of pain and tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Decades of applying proven life and business growth strategies. Her ways... The way she shares her knowledge and works with women to identify, tap into, and realize their own magic. The power, freedom, and confidence women gain shifts them from where they are now to where they dream to be. Welcome, Annie. I'm so grateful to have you. Oh, such a delight to be with you today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Now, when I was on your podcast, you shared a lot of what you started to do and and things that you've done. I, I just kind of want to just start um, with you being married. You, you've been married for how long now? I've been married for 34 years to my gorgeous, gorgeous hubby, James. Uh, so he, he, you know, it was young love. He even went to my, you know, final year, year 12 formal when I were at school and then got married, uh, engaged at 19, married at uh, 20, just a week after I was 20. I wasn't allowed to get married as a teenager. So we got married a week after I was 20 <laughs> and apparently all was fine then. <laughs> so that means, so that means you're how old? 29? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, 54 this year. Wow, it's amazing. You look hot here. Where's Aww. my where's my fire? You look hot, hot, hot. That's my <laughs> You look great. I can't wait to see you at 100. You'll look fantastic. Well, we'll see what those, you know, Russian jeans, you know, they might just keep me all or, or Russian jeans or a bit of vodka, whatever it does to ferment your body. I'm not too sure, but, you know, a combination probably. <laughs> my grandma's actually, my one of my grandmas lived to 101 and the other one was 99. So, you know, seriously, I tell my family that unless I get hit by a truck, you know, you've got to be really kind to me because I will be here till the end. <laughs> That's ex- Oh, I'm going to start. My mom's 96 years young, living independently in Washington, D.C., uh. And I'm like, kids, I'm not going anywhere very soon. Exactly, exactly. And um, and then you and your husband decided to have a family. (laughs) Yes, yes, my my quickly. You wanted a family quickly. Yeah, I went and said, hey, babe, you know we're in love, young love. I want to have four daughters. That was my plan. I love it when you're young and you just have all these ideas as if they'll just happen. Like, what delusions of grandeur do we have? And just like that total whatever. So I went right. I'm going to have four girls. And he said, well, I've got four sisters, so we've probably got girls in the genes. So anyway, we went about you know getting into it, and uh, then (laughs) finally had when I was 23, I then had twin boys. Oh my gosh, I just stared at them. I went, wow, I just couldn't have even imagined myself with one and two. 
twin boys oh my gosh so yeah so we had twin boys and then we said hey I love it obviously we were still quite young and not watching enough tv we went let's just have one more and um, because we're already crazy busy and then uh yeah 26 months later we then had uh, another set of twins so we had twin boy girl so then we had four kids in 26 months crazy I was only 25 years old going oh my gosh you know um and I must have just looked really young Isabel because uh, I remember <laughs> I was at home with these four kids just like everywhere breastfeeding baby on the boob twin boys going feral and this man came to the door to sell something and he and as, it, as I opened the door he asked if my mum was home <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, fella, I am the mum, you know. I'm in charge of this household. So, yeah, and then I had my last my last bubber I had when I was 32. So five years later we had one more girl. So I've got three sons, two daughters, and now 30, 28, the twins, and my daughter's 22, and uh, and I've got two little granddaughters. Oh. Yeah. Are they in Australia? They are. They're actually only three kilometers down the hill. Oh. I get to see them all the time. And um, oh my gosh, like just brings you back to that pure love, right? Just, yes. Just divine. I just get so excited to see them. And um, yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. I hope when our girls, if they do decide to have kids, we get to live close because I want to go in and spoil the kids. I know. It's just the best. And then, you know, not only were you a mom and a wife, then you decided to do what? <laughs> well, to conquer the conquer all, right? You know, so I, my journey was a bit bit strange. That when I was when I was young, I was always sort of grew my. I grew up in a family pharmacy business, so I was always told you're going to be a pharmacist and you're going to help. You know, your dad run the pharmacy and one day own the pharmacy. So it was just this predetermined life story and I was like oh that's such a shame that I've got to be a pharmacist like how boring for me just work with working in one little shop it just wasn't doing it for this creative spirit that you can see as Annie and I went well what do I want to do I want to be a businesswoman I want to make a difference I want to you know make and create things I want to have a purpose so I always had that inner desire but I thought it wasn't possible so while I had my four kitties and I had a little moment we've all had those moments of just crying I thought I had more potential (laughs) you know and my husband's like you're the best babe I'm like I know I'm totally awesome but like I really thought I would just do these things and then you know and I got up really just like and I love my kitties to you know bits it's not about that for the mums listening in you can just want it all right and then I went well how do I do this journey and so I by default in when my when I finished school, my dad had three armed robberies in his in my final year. Mm-hmm. When you're putting down your name of what you want to do at university, mm-hmm. I just went, I love him so much, but I don't want to die. So I didn't put down pharmacy. I put down nursing. So I became a nurse and I was a fine nurse. Nothing wrong with nursing profession. Oh, you would have been yeah. such a fun nurse. I was a fun nurse. Oh, you'd be my kind of nurse. I'm like, <laughs> what do we have here today? Oh, that's rather nasty. Let's deal with that. So I was a fine nurse. And then I went, okay, here I am as a nurse. I was supposed to be a pharmacist. I'm now a nurse. I'm now married to this gorgeous, hunky, gorgeous man. I love to death. I've got my four babies. Whoa, what has happened with my life? And then I had this inner desire of, well, what, you know, I, how on earth could I, Anna Gibbons, this crazy life story, be um, a businesswoman? And then I went, well, I'll just 
do breadcrumbs and just I, I chose this word my word is curiosity I became curious about what I could do not not what is probably my reality so then I went and said stepping stone so I then did a master's of education so I, I became a nursing teacher I became a head teacher of a nursing school I went well that's pretty managerial and my kids used to laugh when they were growing up their whole childhood I had a little post-it note on our fridge that says mum has higher level managerial skills just watch me <laughs> and they used to go mum you don't have high level managerial skills I went I do I do look I run you guys you know I'm running this nursing school and it was a bit like that it's like let's have fun with this right don't make it too crazy because the craziness was you know if in the real world I would have been male I would have done an MBA out of school I would have you know just done my career so you can either whinge or go well that sucks or you embrace your essence and go, well, what if? And so my journey of what if actually did exactly that. I did. I became a head teacher of nursing school. I got my master's of education. I then became a national manager for the Australian Orthopedic Association. I then dared to dream a bit more and then went, what if I could become a CEO of like a health organization? And so I did business business courses, company directors, did all this stuff. I am a bit of a learning nerd. Who would have thought? <laughs> And uh, and then I ended up getting a role as the Australasian Society for Ultrasound Medicine CEO, and I was there for five years. I then did a couple of years of consulting. I've current I've been the CEO of Glaucoma Australia, which is an eye health charity, for the last five four years, four and a half years, and I absolutely love it. And so I've got this crazy journey. And in there, I also set up my own consulting business because women used to start to go, Annie, how on earth did you do that? How, you know, how do you make it look fun? How are you still smiling? How do you, how did you say, you know, get through all the naysayers? Because I've had a zillion naysayers. And that's what I want to kind of just ba- stop. All right. Where's um, my, where's my stop? Where's my stop? I don't have a stop. But anyway, I usually have a stop on my lolly. Just stop for a moment. I want to backtrack because I know what it's like to have big dreams. Okay. And when you voice them to the wrong people, it can kind of go. So what did you say to the naysayers? Because I know (laughs) that you had naysayers. What did you say? Because people, the listeners have got naysayers. The listeners have big dreams, but they've got naysayers in the family, friends, workplace. Take it away. You will have naysayers everywhere, (laughs) everywhere, because no one actually, one, no one really knows your true heart and what you're capable of. They don't know you. They have a perception of you, and that perception is based on who they are. And it could be because they actually don't believe you have the capacity, or maybe they do and you're a threat, or maybe you you do and that makes them feel uncomfortable. There's so many factors. So once you get past all of that, you learn that really if you're um, aligning your self-worth with someone else's approval, uh, it's always going to be a negative outcome. It's going to be a very slip. It's going to be a long time waiting to actually have the happiness and joy. And so I did have those naysayers when I, you know, when I became nurse, you know, nursing, even when I went to become a head teacher of nursing at interview, one of the ladies said to me, well, how are you going to be a good mom if you get this very important job? And I'm like, wow, talk about socket to my mama heart. Like, yeah, yeah. Ooh. 
Um, you know, and I've had that many times. Oh, you seem to juggle so many things. How do your kids cope with that? How do your kids cope with you being so driven or whatever? It's always a negative. Or I'll then go when I went back to university, you know, well, do you really think you're able, you know, capable? I don't know if you were seen as so academic during your schooling or whatever. They, it's this view of limiting it's like this I, know. I don't you know and you're like going wow why is no one backing me even my gorgeous hubby like who just was my biggest fan and he'll have a giggle and he says it regularly you know when I went from being a head teacher of nursing that at the time people went you've got your best job ever you should just be why aren't you satisfied and I'm like wow I love my job I am awesome at it um but what if there's more like and they're like going no Annie you've reached you know when you reach your the top of your tree you know you should be happy there and it was a really weird thing that I was happy that was the funny thing I have been happy doing everything I but I always had this view of but what if there's more what is potential and then I and then even when I went for the orthopedic surgeon job I had all these people going are you you know why are you even applying for these things and the same journey happened why did I apply for a CEO job are you kidding yourself you don't have and then I so a bombshell went you know when you have those aha moments um, yes, we yes. it was this moment of right okay everyone says I can't all the time but they you know I had that even when I had the twins how are you going to cope we well, just cope what do you do give them back <laughs> You I just know. You find ways. You get creative. You get the sneak cheats. You realize that, geez, the lesson number one is don't be a perfectionist because it's all going to go south from there. You realize that you can have fun with things, make it humorous, you know, challenge yourself. In the early days, I used to go, I used to actually be driven by prove them wrong. Now I actually just do prove my potential potential do it for me I don't have to I don't need validation from anyone I'm actually in that other space which you Mm -hmm. can do and all of this journey is um you know stepping stones to your own self-actualization right Mm -hmm, but back mm -hmm. in the day those listening in you know because you're craving it I'm I'm currently uh coaching a number of people who go why don't they see me why don't and I go exactly they should you're yeah. awesome. It's not what you would like. You know, it is lovely. Who doesn't love the warm and fuzzies, right? You know, when someone just, when you're not expecting it, tells you how awesome you are and how you're so worth, you should you apply for this and do this and do that. Everyone loves it. So human nature is to love approval. But when you actually find that deep driver and that purpose, you go, I'm doing it because it's important to me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, your world will change because mm-hmm. you don't need that approval anymore. So then I then had this mindset shift of approval is um, an extra blessing, right? Mm-hmm. I love oh, yeah. However, I depend on it. If no. I'm depending on it, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'd yes. still be waiting right? I'd still be doing my old job. And and there's nothing wrong with anyone at any stage of their life, whatever job you're doing. You know, it's not about that. It's actually just going what's in your inner heart. And the more and more I speak with people, Isabel, is that those those little things in your childhood, which really, you know, they're innate qualities in you. You, you just, you know, you lead, you love people, you, you're creative, you're an innovator, you've got these little, you know, we've all got quirky ways. Some people are great artists. They just, you know, they're musicians. They just see things in different ways. Everyone has gifts and talents. And it really is that core nature that you want to, now I spend my whole time 
scaling that up, you know, lead with your strengths and just max out on them and then keep working at the little bits, but don't get bogged down by them. And definitely for the naysayers, you know, I think you get some options. You either go and say, thank you for that. However, I'm really confident I'm moving on in this direction anyway. You Mm -hmm. know, you don't have to be rude to them or you could actually play the game, go, well, let's just wager a little bit on that. Let's (laughs) see how I go because I'd be a bit more like that. Um, that's that's totally me I would say when people I mean and I still do it I go well yeah exactly I go "Hmm," I inside myself I don't speak this out but I'm sure the energy is picked up and it's translated into words I'm inside going hmm we'll see about that and I just go for it and I agree with you People, you know, you can't wait. We're too, we've got way too much to do. We can't wait for people to approve. And when they do approve, people are so fickled. They change like that. And we can't just wait for people to give us approval. We got to know in our hearts, this is the right thing to do for the world. And it's going to serve and add value. And I love, I love that you're there and you want people to go to their next level. And I just wanted to say before we continue, you're an eagle. And eagles fly, you know, and eagles go high and you want to go high. I get that. And I applaud that. Oh, thank you so much. That is, it's like soaring, right? I've even got that on my webpage. You know, I'll be your wings, you know, until you're ready to soar. That's actually on my webpage, you know, and that's exactly what it is because I've always had that view of, you know, I am very strategic. I've always seen things. I've seen big visions. I've actually gone, like, even at the moment, I'm running this eye health charity and they, you know, they had their goal for the first year. Like, let's see if we can earn 70,000 or 100,000. And I then put my emails out going, who's who's committed to raising a million dollars to save side in this country um so i'm just like why claim something small right let's just go maybe a million's limited who's to say but you know this view of you know if you are a sora if you are someone who just needs to you know find new pastures, see opportunities. Some of it's just fascinating. It's not always just to make more money or to get a better title. It actually is just fun. You know, how many times do you want to learn an instrument, learn a language, um, just meet people? I love, I'm building lots of online plan uh, programs at the moment. I'm becoming all techie. And actually, I love it. If people say to you, you could outsource that. I go, yeah, I know, but I actually like the learning. So you do things for different reasons. And, and at the core of this conversation is what are your reasons? Knowing your reasons, knowing your values, knowing what drives you, knowing what you actually want to achieve from it, because that's how we measure our success. We should be measuring success on our own terms. And yes. if you don't know what those terms are, then how do you measure it? You're always then swaying in the wind, waiting to waiting for someone else to measure it. Well, who are these people anyway? That's yeah. one, one thing I've, I wanted to share with you too. Of um, I've often thought while you're waiting, you know, when you're waiting for that approval that we were talking about before, you know, when you finally get it, well, who are those people anyway? Have they done what you wanted to do? Have they been in your space before you? They're the people I want to I wait for their, you know, I want, want to know what their approval is or their their support of me. I want to know because they've actually trodden in those steps. They know what you're wanting truly. Mm-hmm. Everyone else just has an opinion. And oh, I know. <laughs> they don't even know what you're talking about anyway. I know. <laughs> I know. And they have opinions and, and recommendations for like, you don't even get me, you know? I know. Exactly. exactly. Are you okay? Are you okay over there? Yeah, I just I just plugged my battery in. Sorry about that. Just had a little bit of a. Yeah, we, don't, 
Yeah, we don't want you to sign off. <laughs> oh, Annie, Annie, you're so funny. And you know, I, I'm the same way. Let's go for a million. Let's go for a billion. Let's just go. And if you reach it, great. But if you if you if you reach small, then I mean, who? If you reach small, you get small, small right? right? You right. get what you ask for. I tell people all the time: don't go, don't ask for what you expect, because let's face it, you're not expecting very much. You're really <laughs> not, right? You know, when you first start off, expect what you, you know, ask for what you dream. You know, an example of this, Isabel, is when I became CEO of Glaucoma Australia, I then went and said, okay, well, we need some really high profile people to be our patrons and ambassadors. You know, you're going to get cheerleaders, you're going to get people on your team. So anyway, we ended up getting, you know, so it's kind of like, well, who, who do we know? Who do we know? Anyway, I ended up getting the Governor General of Australia, like it doesn't get higher in the land. And we've got in excess um, saxophone player, Kirk Pengilly, who's pretty, pretty darn cool. He has glaucoma. Now, why did we get those people? Because I actually went and said, you know, I did didn't go and say, you know, pretty please, whatever. I'm like, you know, to the Governor General, I actually went and said, you know, sir, do you want to help me, you know, save sight in Australia? Do you want to help be a part of saving people with preventable blindness? And, like, who's going to say no to that, right? They want to have passion. They want to have purpose. They want to know that they have a difference. You know, Kirk, same thing. You have glaucoma. You have incredible reach. If I've I've got a campaign, I'll reach, you know, 100,000 people. I I put him on board. We, We reach 12 million. And I go, so why wouldn't you use this opportunity if it's real? If it's not real, then I don't want to know. I don't want to miss a line. But if it's if you're totally in that space and you have an opportunity, so not only is this conversation about reaching your own potential, it's actually doing that not just from self. It's from collaborations. It's from aligning with other people because then you get my favourite word, Isabel, which is synergy. Oh, yeah. Synergy, those listening in, synergy is when the sum of the parts, you know, you just explode the value of the sum of the parts, <laughs> yeah. you know, you suddenly go, wow, one person can only do so much, but, you know, you just get an army of believers. And that's what I'm doing with my global tribe now of women, just believing in themselves, making a difference, encouraging, collaborating over competing, um, mm. and it just makes the world a difference. I love that. And at the end of this, we'll, we'll let everybody know where they can reach you, okay? Whoops, you froze there for a second, but oh, well, we're like, oh, sorry, Australian internet. What can you do? We're like a palm in the hurricane. We bend, but we don't break. (laughs) Now, Annie, on a serious note about you becoming an overcomer, I mean, you know, just to kind of just get back to life happening. Yeah. Uh, You said that it was okay for me to bring up. Uh, an ugly, messy, scary time in your life when you were about 11 and also yeah. when you were 15. Um, I love interviewing overcomers and you were so young when this happened to you and yet you're such an eagle and I just, I love you. I love your spirit. I always want to know you for the rest of my life because you're, you're me, you know, you're the type of person I am. And I, I like surrounding myself with people like that. Do you mind sharing with people what you had to go through, what happened to you and how you overcame? Yeah, sure. So when I was um, 11, uh, so just that bridge time between primary school and high school, I was being babysat by a 
family relative and um I ended up having a situation of he he you know it started off that oh I've been given a camera do you want to can I take photos of you and then making me you know taking more and more clothes off and ended up in rape um and um and then totally devastating situation because I all of my um it's that do you tell your mom surely they would notice I then became, I think, for anyone looking, I find it hard to believe that um, I, you wouldn't notice, you know, in your room all the time, not coming out, not eating, spiralled in within six months of anorexia. Uh, I then had that eating disorder for the next probably three or four years um, and, you know, my whole world changed because I was that, you know, you can imagine me as a young girl, right, bubbly, bubbly bright fun everything's possible everything's funny uh to then go I just feel so lost in why wouldn't people know that I'm hurting here I didn't know who to tell um I then when I went to high school I then went and told one of the counsellors who told me that I shouldn't be making up stories oh Annie very dangerous and this is very attention seeking and I needed to learn how to make friends in high school my own you know in a healthy way and it was like the first person and the only person that I then reached out to tell just went why would you be such a horrible girl and it was just really just so shattering it was just so shattering look still makes me cry at 54 Mm. your tears are always just there and so you know the family didn't know he then went and said you tell anyone I will kill you so I just had this wow like not just hurt you kill you and I'm thinking after what I'd been through I'm like I just yeah and then it also linked to weight you know because we're being you know so obviously I was always a chubby little kid and you know even having this photographic element it was like you know not only will I kill you I'll show people photos of you and like you're thinking now if you're showing photos of that how did you get them but you don't think on that level when you're right now like, no, no. oh my god and that was my worst fear it's like wow imagine if everyone saw how fat I was and chubby I was and like as if that's the problem, right? How mental is that? But that's the reality of an 11-year-old who's just devastated, shattered, is embarrassed about herself. Obviously, then the effects of that is then you just go, I don't, you know, that probably triggered the anorexia as well as the trauma, multiple facets, are probably a textbook case. Um, and so that then ended up, I was like top of my class in year six to the bottom of my class mm. in year seven like I just look at this sort of narrative going wow if that was one of my someone I knew someone my daughter was like what are the many many red flags that you're not saying sometimes you don't but mm. my situation I'm thinking they should have had so many red flags uh and so yeah that was really painful and then at 15 um this same relative had a party um and invited um all of his friends lots of alcohol no supervision my family didn't have any supervision really rules and um I ended up getting um raped again by um a number of people um in just a neighbor's yard so then it was like where I live like this is not like my whole sense of in my house I can't trust anybody um and then, yeah, and then at the same time in all of this story, my mum was telling me I had to 
go and get on the so it took me to a doctor to put me on the pill because I would probably be one of these people who would sleep around like had this really weird view of me and I'm like going wow why I'm going to a doctor to get put on a pill when I'm not sleeping around this is at about age 15 or 16 she obviously thought I was a bit loopy then obviously I probably was um and so I just had this no no support and eventually I told her of course she told me that I I was ruining her family that I was a liar I've always been a liar um a lot of blanket statements I'm manipulative I'm out for myself I've destroyed her family um whatever and so I then then took that in my early 20s to I have to be the good girl I have to be a better person I have to you know so it was this probably did drive a lot of that overachievement stuff to be honest you know mm, yeah. I have to be good enough what to, if I do this and this and this when I wanted to do it and all the stuff we talked about before but also that combination of well, you know, what would it take for them to go, she's not this person they think she is? Like how can you be called a liar and a manipulator and this horrible person mm-hmm. who's trying to break up families? Whereas, like, it just doesn't even compute. So maybe, you know, if I'm the best mom, I've got a gorgeous family, gorgeous hubby, career woman, got all this stuff, and, yes, on paper it's amazing and I love every bit of it, but also I don't have to do that to get my worth. That's why I now I run programs on self-love and self-care and that's actually the basis, even all the way to C-suite achievement. Actually, you know, there were so many women exactly like me, actually, you know, as you understand, who just below the surface of the perfect is tears of wow, this trauma, and people have had traumas, you know, and my story, unfortunately, is not uncommon. Um, And there's so much worse, but it's not a competition. It's like, really shitty things happen in life, which are not your fault, that people should be um, aware of and responsible. And this is how we create change by having these conversations to actually bring it to the forefront to actually go you know how many I would have spent years going I hope no one would ever know and now I go well I why am I the victim I'm that you know why am I worried about them or their response you know it is uncomfortable it's uncomfortable having these conversations but we need to have them because it affects so much of your life you know Mm -hmm. Um, and we know we know that the trouble ends we know eventually the trouble ends but the trauma lasts a long, a long yes. time. Yes. And and that's what you have to deal with is that trauma. Um, and that's what a lot of women are dealing with. You know, we look great on the outside, but deep down inside, stuff has happened, you know. Oh, trauma is huge. And how do you respond? And, and life is complex. You know, it's not just you. You know, so my scenario was, you know, then I suddenly had these little 20s, right? And so we're at a family picnic and I've got my kids. Now I've got four kids, like, you know, my twin boys are running this direction and I'm trying to feed one. And, you know, it's a stressful situation. Anyway, plus I'm then out of the corner of my eye watching safety, safety, sure. feeling really unsafe. And then I'm seeing this person near them and around them and then touching you know playing with them and I just lost it you know I so I put up with this I I self-sacrificed I'd say for a good you know decade in there of oh I'll try not to be the problem I'll you know make sure everything is okay and then I lost it at this because it actually went to my core mother heart of Mm -hmm. I don't even care you're not gonna ever 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 do Mm -hmm. anything stress or upset or cause trauma to my children. So I picked up my kids. I had the tantrum. Everyone in the family was outraged of my behavior. 
I, you know, because they didn't know. You don't go and talk about this. You just go, oh, she's, she's, you know, she thinks she's super mum and every, she's too, her kids, she's too precious for everybody or whatever mm. their impression was. And I went, and then I went back and I said, look, sorry, I'm not going to those family picnics anymore. I'd love to see all the people individually or whatever. I've actually got to own my own space. This, I, I'm now a mum of a family. I have to protect my own kids. And I actually have to then start valuing myself. And unfortunately, still, I left myself later. I went to therapy later over it and the therapist went oh my god (laughs) you know um and we can always go yeah that would have saved me a decade of pain if I'd done this yeah 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 how many times we rip ourselves up about that but Uh, eventually that was my true learning that you go yeah it's not fair and it is sad it is sad that I have these disconnected relationships with people it is sad that they've got these perceptions of me that are not true you know things can be sad and but that doesn't mean that you therefore have to bend for that. So someone else's view of what they're wanting and they're dealing with will make it okay. Because if you that is a very messy space that people can spend decades in. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, no one wins, you know. Okay. And so for me, that's been it's been it has actually been a really hard journey. Uh, but I've I've ended up making it the fuel to go, well, okay, well, I can only live my best life. I can be the best version of myself and I will have have many flaws and I'll have many failures but I'll learn from them and I'll giggle my way through them and I'll put challenges and use my own quirky ways of dealing with those and um, and I will speak out about domestic violence and I will speak out about women getting abused and I will empower women globally to own their self, own their space, step up, stand out. Not everyone has to share their story but I believe every woman needs to know their own worth know and love themselves for who they are and this this culture this secret culture which I grew up in the 80s was secret culture you never you know imagine if anyone knew knew your business that that culture meant that all these people who've suffered trauma were never heard never loved never supported were incredibly lonely and isolated and the damage of that is just you know it goes on for decades. That's right. You can you can move on in different ways of therapy, but that's right. But the lasting effects of the trauma are always, you know, just mm-hmm. just at the surface, and it's very it's very challenging. So I thank you for the opportunity. Ah, uh, well, because you know that's what it's it's about. Everybody has a everybody has a story, and I love the fact that you've made your the mess that you were thrown into into a message of hope, which is I love that you just you just decided. I am taking hold of my life and I am not going that way. I'm going this way because this is the right way for me. And I don't care what other people say. I want to ask you, are you talking to your mother? Are you talking to your father? I mean, how's that relationship? Well, my father was my absolute rock. He ended up, we, you know, probably in my early 30s, we had the open conversation and he went and said, I don't understand it. I can't process it, but I believe you and I believe this is real to you. So he didn't actually go, I believe the situation. Believe me, you know, when someone goes, I believe you're suffering, whatever, you go, oh, that's kind of not quite there. But his heart (laughs) was there, his kids were there. Even and that's what I even said, you know, it's kind of like even if you don't even if you don't believe the story, then obviously then the next level down is that I'm actually mentally unwell, which you actually think I am. So surely you would even have compassion for that. 
And then you go, you're telling lies, right? So I, I found, I actually saw it in many levels. So he actually did, but then he went and said, you're, you know, your mother can't cope with this kind of pressure. She could end up jumping off the, the gap, we call it, you know, this big, you know, whatever. And I'm like, wow. So you're telling me if I stress my mother, she will suicide over something like this. Like what's what's with that? So um, so my dad ended up passing with a brain tumour uh, five years ago. And so that was really sad. My mum, yeah, she hasn't spoken to me for a couple, two or three years we went to a therapy session over it just to have some closure just to send some very minimum little rules of what would work mm. um and I and I find I find that incredibly sad it's it's sad on many levels but I also go but I've waited a lifetime and I you know if she, it's not hard you're never you know, with family, it's, it's never and ever, you know, or if you actually came back and went and said, you know, that's right, not even, don't even have to believe the story, but I, I love you for who you are and if this is this is your journey, then I still, you know, have love for you and I, you know, I would love her to be involved in my kids' lives. and, mm. and have those, But she's you know. not. But she's not, no. Mm. Yeah. So, well, interestingly, she's in. She's involved in my son's lives, but my not my daughter's lives. So there's probably a complex girl mm-hmm. thing happening there. I don't know. So my two daughters don't see her, but my sons do. So, but I don't. I've never had that view of don't see your grandma. Like you should have a relationship with her. You make your own decisions in life, and mm-hmm. and she's your grandma. So I've and the kids have been surprised by that. Going, mom, when you know how you know whatever. And I went, no, I'm, I'm not that that person I actually just go it's just sad and there's loss there's actually more loss from her side because I'm a busy happy person I've got heaps happening I actually wish you would get to enjoy that but sometimes people can't you know get out of their positioning right they back themselves into a position and it's like to the death I know to the death yeah the death and that's what it is like and I go well it's just really it's actually really sad because you know if that was me I would just be you know I would never want to be out of relationship with any of my kids you know for whatever the situation and and as we know life gets messy they're already having their own situations in their in their 20s and so you know life's not fair and then what is fair anyway what's our expectation what's our entitlement no one said there were any promises with it you know people will have stuff but it's about journeying through it and being there for people and a default belief that, you know, 99% of people are honest and true if they're coming to you with a traumatic situation. They're mm-hmm. not doing it just for the fun of it. There's no joy. Even the reality of my story, why would a high-profile CEO running a business, whatever, my whole branding is on that, why would I then have a negative story that's actually quite unpleasant like wow I'm finding it hard to find the value as you know um that's like I don't you know so it's it's I think relationships are complex as you know oh yeah (laughs) there's no recipe for it um so people who are listening in who go yeah like that's right there is you know if you're in that situation and go you know well what do I do um all I all I can tell you is after journeying through these complex situations you know you can only do your best at the time you know not not to beat yourself up but while you're if you're self-sacrificing your health your physical health your mental health and the risk of those that you love being harmed there is no grounds for movement there you know you just go you just got to claim it's like you've got to plant your flag and go and say okay this is and then spend your time then um finding out who you are who you are Mm -hmm. in your essence Mm -hmm. it's not that person you even were when you were that young girl that at that time of that trauma at that time when these people when they say isn't upset you 
who are you now? You right. know, and, and who I, do you want to be? And who do you want to be? And that's where my where are you now? Where do you dream to be? You know, I actually go. You take good things from the past. It's not throwing everything out. There's awesome things there. There's awesome learnings. But basically, that gone. It's gone. Like the past is gone. The future is a possibility. I want to dream big dreams. I always want to be continuing to grow and to to mm-hmm. you know fun, explore joy, um, and and so to be that person, to be that next step, the next step of my Annie. What if is everyone else your listeners? What's their next step? You know, well, to be that person, you have to be is the sum of your todays. It's not your past; it's your todays. What you do today and tomorrow and the next day will create that future so therefore the the necessity to actually you know know who you are know your values know know what you align with know what you're passionate about let it drive you have fun if you're not having moments of just you know excitement you know what actually you know when we talk you get into a topic and you <laughs> your your energy level goes up right you're right. woohooing you're you're um you're focused you love the focus when you love doing something it doesn't matter what it is the time goes you know you're in the jo- you're in the moment you you know so we need to spend more time focusing on that and then and then extending that into it might be a business it might just be who you are it might be who you are as a mom might be who you are you know um as a philanthropist or as an environmentalist or whatever it is, everyone's going to have their passion thing, right? And it shouldn't, for my view, equate with money. You know, I think it goes, it's beneath that. Sometimes you can get your passion to be, you know, your work and and you get that win-win, but you don't always have to. I think um, if not everyone's um, deep core passion will work out that way or it might eventually it can take a very long time Uh, but I think everyone has that core desires of what makes them tick and what makes them happy absolutely and I'm willing to happiness and joy yes (laughs) and you will be might as well be having fun along the way (laughs) I can see you at 100 you you got another what let's see you got another 46 years before you hit there so I like the way that you've just course corrected and say I'm going this way I just wanted to say to the listeners that something that I've learned and I'm sure you've learned too is the art of forgiveness and making sure that hey you know what I forgive you that you don't get me. I forgive you that you hurt me. But you know what? I'm not going to allow you to continue to do that to me. I have the right to forgive you, but I also have the right to not continue talking to you or seeing you. Um, Yes, I'll be respectful to you. If I have to see you, I will be respectful and loving. I I won't like not do CPR on you if you're having a heart attack, you know, (laughs) In the middle of the road, I I will be a human being to you, but I don't have to talk to you and I don't have to listen to you and and I forgive you. And and I like I have to forgive people so many times. I know that I need to continue forgiving people when I see them or I hear them or I I I see their name and my back just goes like this. I'm like, I still have to forgive you. So I forgive them. And that's a power. That's a power that we all have is forgiveness. And another thing I also teach is um, putting a fence up, you know, make sure you put a fence around your heart and make sure you tap, tap in the posts so that people's anger and frustration and meanness and just yuckiness does not bleed into your heart. You know, don't, you know, but we've got to remember 
all of us have to remember that there's a fence out there that we've got to put up because if not people, if there's no fence, people's junk will just go straight into us. So yeah, exactly. It's like, come in, come in. <laughs> exactly. And also in a, in a way of, if you're a, if you're just a lovely person, people will take advantage of you, you know, you know, for those people listening in and then you always go, yes, your default is, oh, yes, I can help you. Yes. And why? Because I don't want to be a bad person. I want to be known as being kind, all that sort of stuff. You know, people will take advantage of you. And, you know, I don't blame them. You know, if some, if you've got someone who's always saying yes to you or always lets you get away with things, you know, people will be opportunistic and taking what they can. It is very much exactly what you said, Isabella. It's about saying, saying, I'm, I know, you know, for me in my world of coaching, I talk about driving in your lane. I know what my lane is. I know, I know what the, the, you know, the, perimeters of it are and then someone else is in their next lane I align with people who are in that same sort of space but if someone comes crashing into my lane I know it you know it's like because I know what my my boundaries are I know what I'm stand for whatever and so I don't hate them I just go and say oh sorry you know unfortunately I'm unavailable get out of here (laughs) yeah but my my inner Annie's like going get out of here my lane right but um but also that's exactly it you don't need to you don't need to be rude but you don't need to be you don't need to say yes to everything and you know and if you do you're actually you know you're robbing actually robbing the world from seeing the essence of you because while you're doing all of that while you're getting distracted and crowded and we're all just overcrowded by stuff you lose your ability to focus on that matter you know they're robbing your time and your energy for really good things not and this isn't just selfish it's not just so that you get everything you want it's actually so that you can do and then give and be the person you want to be Mm. that forgiveness is true you know it's that's where that saying forgive but you don't have to forget right forgiveness just gives you that release and it is amazing and it's like and do you want to forgive them no they have stolen your heart and ripped it into million pieces but while you carry that they still have power Mm-hmm. At the moment, you actually just go and say, "Okay, I forgive it. I don't know what was happening in that person's life, um, and I and I actually even just go and say, you know, okay, it's, we're done. But you don't then need to, yeah, you learn from that. You don't then have to carry carry that on, accept new things, put yourself in their space. No way. Why would right. you? It'll right. be crazy. It's stupid. I know. I know. And it's not. Let's you know segue into self love. You know the definite what I want to ask you what the definition of self-love is and saying yes to everything is not self-love it's not protecting yourself you know so with that I open the door for you to teach us about self-love because you know we're not taught to be loved we're not taught to love ourselves you know that's like very egotistical and oh yeah yeah. Well, you know, you remember when you're a little kid and they go oh you just love yourself you know it's just like this negative thing you know and no one particularly little girls too you're always told to be good be giving to other people to be generous to other people it's not about you you're quiet and not heard you know so it's a very shrinking concept Mm. and and you know and and self-love to me is the the ability to actually you know it's to actually be the authentic version of who you're born to be. You know, I believe that everyone on this planet is born for their for a reason. They all have unique, authentic gifts and talents and skills and hearts and things that make them tick. And we're all quirky and weird once we all, you know, really untap that. And it's awesome, right? And so self-love is actually about saying not being, it's not, you know, that, 
that I think Catherine Hepburn had that comment of, you know, it's not selfish. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not a, a luxury. It's a necessity, you know, self-love. And that is absolutely right. Self-love is actually going, okay, well, if I was given this body, this being, how do I love and nurture it, her, uh, self, to the best of my ability to get the best out of it. If I, you know, even if I thought from a marketing perspective, I bought a new product, what do I want to do? I want to polish it, shine it, feed it, nurture it, look after it. I want it to be the best that it is. So why do we not treat ourselves that way? You know, if we, you know, I I think of that day that my babies were born and you've just got this little being and what does your mama heart want? You want to go, I want you to be the happiest person. I want you to be joyful, be satisfied. I want you to be content. I want you to be exploring the things that whoever you little unique human being are, I want you to love and nurture that. Like anyone would say that. And then something happens when we then get these naysayers and we get chipped away and we get told, different messages and we have or the or the tall poppy syndrome do you have the tall poppy syndrome we have such a tall poppy new zealand is amazing such a tall poppy syndrome in australia that's why most of my clients are in the u.s u.s chicks love empowerment queens you know it's like Annie Kim and she's the empowerment coach globally. You know, they love all that stuff. And Australians are like, yeah, and how did you call, how did you get called the, you know, the transformation queen? Like what, you know, you can just see their little faces scrunch up. Like why? Because it doesn't fact make you feel comfortable. We're in a culture of everyone's okay. And we really like everyone to be the same, you know, mm. in the same sort of pond so that we don't feel discomfort right mm-hmm. whereas american culture is a lot more you know it's military be the best you know honor yourself whatever. <laughs> you know, like we're generalizing here but it's really quite it's quite different yes so yes. <laughs> um, whatever uh so self-love to me is is actually saying yeah that's right so therefore if i um if i love myself in my true essence it's about saying that it's about having those conversations to myself, Annie, you know, what, you know, I I love the way that you've got these strengths. I love the way that you want to empower women. I love the way that you've turned, you know, these traumas to make it your life purpose to empower others. Mm -hmm. You know, I love your crazy ways. And when other people go, you're a bit mental, aren't you? I go, yeah, I love it. Um, You know, um, I, I, I love myself by not comparing myself constantly because if I'm comparing myself, I'm spending so much time watching, wanting to be someone else, and I've got no idea about their 95% story behind whatever they're trying to portray. You know, if I'm on Instagram or fake, you know, most of it is airbrushed and fake. People are showing you their very best version of one aspect of their life. Why would I compare with that? So I'm self-loving myself in that way by choosing not to compare, to stay in my lane and to build my own self. I'm self-loving myself by eating well and being healthy. Yes, sleeping well. Healthy foods, exercising. I've become a trekker. I climb mountains. I push myself physically. I want to go, you know, particularly in this stage of early menopause. Woo! But, you know, I'm wanting to make sure that my little crazy hormones are in their best shape ever because my body's going haywire, but it will be better. I'll get the best version of myself by that's right, sleeping well, 
having time um, to myself to explore things that I'm doing to, to, you know, nurture my essence, if you like. Um, because when I do all of that, you know, and we can go on and on, I'm currently having a, a month of self-love on my platform, actually. So anyone who wants to reach out to me, just come and join. It's free. It's a month of self-love. Um, just follow my socials and it will give you inspiring inspirations every day. There's no limit to how you can love yourself and what you'll realize when you start unpacking this journey is actually just going you know hello me you know who am I and why don't I actually if I treat myself the best that I can you know in all aspects physically spiritually emotionally what comes into my little lane what stays out knowing what I value um, and all of that then I'm then able to be this best version to then Go and do those things. You're a better blessing on the planet. You then get mm-hmm. to you have all that energy and time and focus to make a difference. You know, not everyone has to be a huge legacy maker, but, you know, everyone has the opportunity to then go and give a gift to a neighbour, say some nice words, come out with a positive, you know, positive words of affirmation for someone else, help them on their day, give to a charity that they love, do these things that we want to do, you know, and I feel like the whole planet, when you actually focus on self-love, um you'll realize that it absolutely is the core of everything you know and self-love is not self-love is not selfish that's just one thing that we've got to understand what is selfish is when you don't take care of yourself then your glass is empty and you don't have anything to give to people 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 need other people but if you're not full you know, of a full glass, I'm just using that metaphor, then you don't have anything to give. Yeah, nothing to give. Plus, you rob other people, you crave, because if if you're not giving it to yourself, you also Mm -hmm. then crave off other people. And that's why other people suck stuff off you, because Mm -hmm. they're desperate. They actually Mm -hmm. have that in themselves. Mm -hmm. They're looking for the other vices, the, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the shopping, the sex, the you know, the um, demanding behaviours on other people to actually feel their lack of self-love. That's pretty selfish, right? And I think that's something that we really need to start teaching more of and encouraging and empowering people is self-love is not selfish. Self-love, like if I had a prescription right now, I'd write prescription self-love, you know, just do it for an hour every day, whatever it is, or a half an hour or 10 minutes or, you know, like for me- being, yeah. for, for me, being in the car, when I'm in the car, I will listen. I only listen to positive things because there's. I don't even watch the news. For me, not watching the news is self-love. <laughs> My mom is like, how can you not be watching the news? You've got to know what's happening. And mom, if it's bad enough, I will be told. <laughs> I'm practicing self-love by not listening to the news, you know? So it's okay. And not- when you start your day doing that, it influences the rest of your day. If you right. wake up and instead of going straight to the phone and checking out how amazing everybody else is, if you actually just get up, have a little moment, think of those people that you love and adore, go to the mirror and go, Oh, you know, oh, that's right. I'm thankful that I've got these, you know, healthy features or something nice. Say a nice affirmation, you know. Isabel, you're going to have this great day interviewing Anna Gibbons today. You know, you go, girl. I love what you're doing. You know, you say nice things to yourself. You think about who you're surrounding yourself with. You know, who's actually bringing, you know, the right kind of energy and love Mm -hmm. into your space, you know. Um, 
And and then you then, yeah, that's right. Look at your day. You know, have you actually spent a little bit of time on exercising, stretching? What did you cook? You know, it doesn't have to be super amazing. It's not about perfectionism. It's like, oh, well, I just ate this bio-organic thing over lunch and I did this and I spent all these hours cooking. Like no one's going to do that. It's not setting yourself up for unattainable outcomes. It actually is saying if you have this flow of self-love, through and it can start with you know five minutes you can start with five minutes a day just go I've never really thought about this concept I'm just going to put in in five minutes you can say an affirmation you can you know choose make a choice on what goes on your sandwich you can choose to have some mindful moments and actually stop and smell a rose you know you can choose to say some nice words in someone's day in five minutes you can make such a difference and imagine then just start stretching that out in your day yes Um, it's incredible. It is life-changing, you know, and it's so opposite to selfish. It's crazy, you know. Yes. You, these are the, the world shakers, the change managers are actually usually using a lot of self-love principles, you know. Yeah. Don't look busy and rushed and selfish. They're actually just in their own space being themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you just look at some people, you, you know, you just go, they've got their own brand, their own style. It's because oh. they've actually claimed it. They know yeah. it. And yeah. that is, you don't want a whole wall of versions. You know, we don't want a zillion Isabels or Annies, you know, just be yourself. <laughs> I don't think the world could handle a lot of Isabel. Annie, I want to ask, I want to ask you one last thing. And that is, where can everybody find you? Oh, I am so easy oh. to find <laughs> Isabel. So thank you for asking that question. Go to Annie Gibbons with an I dot com and you'll find I have um, two coaching programs actually that are full programs. One's called Make Magic Personally and one's Make Magic Professionally because that's what we do. We can make magic happen, believe in the impossible and it will happen. Uh, and then I've also got a whole lot of little short courses on my social you'll find there as well. So just go to anniegibbons.com. Also, come and join me for a month of self self love. How timely, you know? Yes. And and that's the cool thing, you know. When people think they miss something, it doesn't matter. Drop in at the middle of the month and just take it for the next month, right? Like that's right. Great you idea. Never miss in life. You just say, "I'm ready at this moment, and I'm going to get on the right train and see where it takes me." Right? And then you'll then create your own lane. And it's go all nuts. yeah. It's all <laughs> it's all about course correcting. Just yeah. Just course correct every day. Okay, I'm going that way. If you get off course, because they say the um, when the astronauts are on the way to the moon or Mars or something, they're only on course 97. No, they're only on course. 3% of that course yeah. is they're, they're actually towards their target. 97% of the time they're off course. And that's because NASA is course correcting them constantly. It's like an everyday thing. So that's why I always say course correct. I love that. I love that, Isabel. Because that's exactly it. I call it adjusting to the wind right? When you, when you, you don't usually go from A to B, you get blown, right? (laughs) Life blows you, even pilots, that's right, will get blown off course, they're they're course correcting. And so people often think that, that's right, Annie, how do you, how do you go from 18 to go, well, can't you then just be a businesswoman? No, you know, unfortunately, I had a lot of wind in there. I had to navigate five kitties, three degrees, life, trauma, crazy shit. And then I then went, yeah, but eventually, but you know what, if you know your destination, you don't even have to know the exact destination. You just need to know what it kind of would look like, what it would feel like. It's got to be a strong magnet. And then you will actually get there because you'll, you'll course correct. 
if you don't know what you want, then you're not going to get there. We're going to end up in Italy or somewhere. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty good. That does sound good. <laughs> I want the listeners to know that all of Annie's connections will be in the show notes below. Okay. Annie, thank you so much for being with us here at the MD and chef team. You've been so much fun. I'm sure we'll be together again. Oh, most definitely. And so listeners, make sure you plan to win. Make sure you then prepare to win. Make sure you expect to win in your own way. And so, yeah. Beautiful. Go and have an awesome day. It's been so yeah. fun connecting with you today. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining me. I'm Dr. Isabel. You know that here at the MD and Chef team. And just go out there and share that gorgeous smile of yours in the world. And self-love, okay? Do something for yourself. Fill yourself up so that you can share it with the world, okay? Because if you're half empty, guess what? You won't have much to give. Right, Annie? 100%. 100%. <laughs> Remain unstoppable. Be a glass overflowing. <laughs> yes, be an overflowing glass. Go fill up somebody else's glass because you're overflowing. Why not? All right, go out there and remain unstoppable, you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.